Hello listener, how are you? Um, I just want to say sorry for some of the sound this week, particularly towards the end. Um, hopefully it's not too off-putting. And um, yeah, we um, we do know now that there's a film uh, called The Colour of Money. That's about playing pool. And we do feel like it is. Yeah, thanks. Okay, enjoy the show. Love joy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Here we are. Here we are. Who I'm knows eating, what time of year it is? I'm eating pizza so you can hear me munching in the background. <laughs> me too. Really super duper professional. Okay, so this is episode, God knows. Four. Four of series four. It's another duo. It's by Steve Coombs and Dave Robinson. It's called The Colour of Mary. Which is supposed to be some sort of... I actually didn't get it. Basically, Mary... I didn't get the colour of Mary. Colour of money. What does yeah. the colour of money actually mean? I know it's green, but what does that phrase mean? I don't even know what the phrase means. The colour of money. It's weird though because it is a phrase, but yeah. I just don't know what it is. I'm not sure exactly what it means either. We'll look it up. And then there's a there's a um, Pratchett book called The Colour of Magic, isn't there? Oh, of course yeah. there is. Isn't that the first one in the? Yeah. I can't remember his name. It's not very good. With the luggage. With the luggage. The luggage said nothing. The luggage. Only luggage. Mm. My oh. favourite Pratchett quote: "The luggage said nothing, only louder this time." <laughs> We've already uh, said the nerdiest thing we could have done. Five I know, I'm sorry. Oh, so welcome to this episode of Lovejoy, actually, which is a regular podcast where we talk about '90s comedy drama Lovejoy and eat pizza and drink Carver tonight. Yeah. Mm. Do we introduce I'm, ourselves? I'm Helen. I'm Paul. I'm um I'm eating a mince pie because it's because in our world it's in Christmas world. but mm. in your world it's probably like February or something Happy Valentine's Day or something and it's election day in again in our world so we're a little bit overexcited well not excited excited kind of stroke terrified stroke terrified so you know future people who are now sat there with living with the consequences of whatever happens today um hope it's not too awful um so yeah series four episode four color of mary should i read the uk tv play um, yes we do love yes, the uk tv once it's like um wasn't as exciting was it as usual light-hearted drama with the maverick dealer mm-hmm. yeah, as always they're describing it in different words lovejoy is on the lookout for a billiard table once owned by mary queen of scots as is a disgraced snooker ace that's not actually factually correct. I know, it's like mm. he's looking for it for, for the disgraced snooker. Yeah, they're not in it, competition. When I read that, I, I thought, oh, they're going to be, he's going to be like, rival, mm. like trying to outdo or he's outdo not someone. overly disgraced. When they say disgraced, no. it implies that he's done something fraudulent or he's yeah. cheated on somebody. Yeah. Or he's, and he's not, he's just an outsider. Had, had he even been to prison? I can't he's remember. He's having a pretty good comeback. I don't think he'd been in prison for anything. I've got a theory as to why they might have been a bit slack on the old writing the two-line blurb. Because in the thumbnail on UK TV play, it was Martin Clunes. So I feel like everyone oh, yeah. would have just looked at the thumbnail and gone, Martin Clunes is in this, which I did. There was a lot of exciting people in this episode. This is where all my research every, comes every, in. Every other minute I was like, oh my God, it's, oh my God, it's, yeah. So yeah, we're quite excited about the guest stars in this one. Um, and it, it was on air, this will come into play later, uh, 31st January talking about Mary oh that's Mac- why he's talking about him we find out about him straight away but yeah you're right sorry it's Eric and Tinker playing pool I presume yeah in the pub well I don't know I think he was well who knows what he was doing because Eric didn't seem to be playing at all it was just Tink walking around a table but I thought this was really interesting for Eric's use as exposition mm. because he literally was just reading out who the disgraced snooker player was so by the time the next scene came and mm. you saw him you were like right I've got it Eric told me all about this guy yeah and it just, it just reminds me, playing pool just always reminds me of my misspent youth. I spent a lot of my, mm. not even teenage, like younger than teenage and teenage years, playing pool in the prison officers club. Amazing. As you do. When you, do, when you grow While up she on, was in prison. When, when you, you grow up on a prison estate, you know. Um, 
So that was fun. But yeah, a lot of time playing pool. So it was like, I was like, oh yeah. Like, like, Are you good then? Can you do trick shots? Because no, there's a lovely scene lot. later on with the trick no, shot. I mean, that's where we start to get a bit trippy. But let's go on but yeah, it's like so that's right because he's reading out and he's like, oh yeah, he's overcome his drinking problems. That seems to be the main way in which he's disgraced himself is by having a drinking problem. And then what a surprise, Murray McNally, not at all stereotypically, is Scottish. <laughs> yeah, Scottish. <laughs> I like the bit where Eric says, oh, he's overcome his drinking problem, and Tinker goes, oh poor fella. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we've talked about that quite a lot. Of Tinker mm. and his, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. There, there were quite a lot of who was it? Was it Alex Higgins? Was a really alcoholic snooker player at the time I don't know enough about snooker no, which I felt did, yeah. me, did me my detriment in this I think, episode I felt like there were a few of uh, uh, you know sort of not quite disgraced but um, I think Ronnie O'Sullivan had problems like that. maybe it was Ronnie O'Sullivan mm. I mean, he does seem to be absolutely bonkers did you see him refusing to shake hands with the, his opponent and then he said it was because of germs and then he like fist bumped <laughs> the referee he didn't want to touch him he said oh, I can only open door handles with a tissue oh gosh so I, oh Oh okay. okay, maybe there's something it. about snooker. I don't know. Maybe it's well known by and, those and, in the know. And unusually for Lovejoy, we go straight into the story. Yeah, yeah we do actually. Straight away. Really good. Lovejoy and Jane have gone to see Murray McNally because he wants Murray McNally wants Mary Queen Scott's billiard table. Yeah, that's the story. Boom, that's it. And it's straight away. We're in there. It's not like we have to wait twenty minutes. It's good though because yeah. we've talked a lot in the past about. I think the pacing was quite good in this. Mm. I say that right now because we've talked in the past about how they spend twenty minutes setting the scene and then you have to then have the story and then it goes boom, boom, boom and then they wrap it up in yeah. the last five yeah. minutes. It didn't happen with this. No, they no. had they had Eric saying they who had McNally space was. To have, like crazy trick shot sequence later on. Yeah, that was you know. So McNally's touring. Because he doesn't think he can compete anymore, or he can't compete anymore. I wasn't really sure about that bit. So he's going around to make money. Implication: just that Mm. he's gone bankrupt for some reason. He's trying to make make a quick book by going around, and his manager is dot dot dot. Charlie Gimbert! Oh, it was so funny. I was all, did anybody else go, oh, it's Charlie Gimbert? I thought, he's horrible. But I was so excited that Charlie Gimbert yeah. was back in. And oh, brilliant. What's the name of the actor that I've already forgotten? I should Malcolm. Tierney. 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 There you go. So, so, yeah, I remember Chris saying in the interview that Malcolm was like one of the sort of gang. Yeah, it was sort of good fun and all, and all oh, of that. That's so, so sweet. See him in a slightly different different light. So yes, apparently Mary Queen of Scots had a billiard table. Apparently she introduced billiards to England. She brought it back from France in 1561. I feel like you glanced at me then like because you're going to say, I mean, you did some research. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't research didn't that, research be. that. <laughs> Sorry. Also, also, Mary McNally was a bit gutted because a few years ago, Willie Kinross, fellow Scot, in case mm. you can't tell by the name, Willie Kinross, um, had, had offered him a few years ago Mary Queen of Scots billiard table and he turned it down at the time but now he was like, no, I really want this billiard table. I feel like it's, you know, that's just something I want to have in mm. my life. I'd like to point out, talking of research, and Em might have done this research, but it is it, a lot of this is true. It's all oh, based on no, I haven't verifiable done any of this bit of research. truth. So the fact that she carried it, because the other thing they said was she carried it with her everywhere until she died. It, it, a billiard table. That I, that I can't find, but there is um, some historical likelihood that she introduced billiards to the UK. He said she was a, a pioneer of cue sports, as in wow. not sports where you get in a line up. A lot less exciting. It says, um, uh, yeah, she's one of the best known best known figures um, for that kind of thing, basically. And and Gimbert, wow. as a manager, he's a bit dodgy, isn't he? So he's been in Prague. Oh, and, that, and, and that surprises you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's been all, up to all sorts, hasn't he, while he's been away? He's been in Prague, then he had to, like... He was Br- bribed some people so he didn't get arrested. He was doing dodgy deals. He was running Rococo Madonnas from Bratislava to Frankfurt. He, he is such a crook. And there's a really good bit where... <laughs> he's, such an, he's such an overt crook. Yeah, he's not embarrassed about it. He's turning off Joy and Jane and they're sort of looking at him and they both drink their drink like in unison at the same time. It really tickled me. Oh, oh I but love I, those two. Have I forgotten? Because like, like Jane, in particular, but also everyone, like really hates Gimbert. Yeah. Like, and they're saying to Lovejoy, you know, you can't help yeah. him, because Gim, you're basically working for Gimbert. You yeah. can't work for Gimbert. I mean, I don't remember Gimbert doing anything that terrible to Lovejoy and Jane. Have I forgotten some major... Well, because Jane was absolutely well, furious. She drove off without Lovejoy because she was like, you're yeah, working for him, so I'm going. But I don't get... I mean, was Didn't he stitched bad? him up at a few uh, various yeah, I mean, occasions? He's pretty remember, bad. I don't remember anything other than sort of like, you know... Although, he, I would Lovejoy say he's... Lovejoy as good as he gets. I would say he's less bad than Freddie the Phone. 
Mr. The Phone was mm. much more... Uh, Mr. T. Phone. But yeah, even phone. Tink's like... Well, I don't think he... Uh, there must be more to this story than him being his manager. That doesn't make sense. What does he actually want to do? What is he trying to get? But I think really he was just trying like, to get yeah. back into making money somehow, even if yeah. it was a bit. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he had to, like, run away from Eastern Europe because he'd been caught without an export licence for these Rococo Madonnas. <laughs> he's also arrogant enough to think that he's good at that sort of thing because he's slimy and, mm. uh, you know... Entitled. He, uh, entitled, but he, can, but he can do the smooth... He's a smooth talker. Yeah. So he he actually is the perfect person to be a, a manager or anybody yeah, really. Any kind of He's a conniving little shit. <laughs> uh, so I yeah, it's so, the technical term. So everyone's saying saying to Lovejoy, don't do this, don't work for Gimbert. But Lovejoy's like considering it anyway. He doesn't seem that bothered about working for Gimbert. And I was a bit hazy on what the deal actually was. So Gimbert was so. McNally wants the billiard table yes. and believes that it exists. And believes that it's going to somehow bring in magical... Pa- it, it, it's basically the ultimate... You know how on University Challenge people take little teddy bears mm. and little tokens? It's basically the ultimate lucky well, charm. we found out at the end why he really wanted it. Well, Which yes. was very good. <laughs> Which was very good. But the, but the, yes, the idea, but the idea is, yes, is yes. sort of... Or the, the, the scene that's set is that it's, mm. the big, it's an ideal lucky charm. And Gimbert wants to keep McNally on tour, so he wants Lovejoy to look for the table, but not too hard. Because as long as they haven't found it, there's still something to dangle over McNally. But he wants him to have, like, clue... Because I was like, look, why is he paying Lovejoy at all, then? Why couldn't he just pretend that Lovejoy is looking for mm. this table and not actually pay him to look for it and just tell McNally that he's looking <laughs> for it? I was very confused at that whole thing. But I think it's because he wanted Lovejoy... To, what he was paying Lovejoy really to do was, like produce clues yeah. as to the possible existence of this brilliant table. And make it just a bit more realistic. So on there, so but then the thing is, and then Lovejoy actually does that. So again, Lovejoy could just sit back and rake in money. He could do whatever nothing. he wanted. He could literally make stuff up, but he actually goes and actually tries to find out because we know yeah, and he, he loves a mystery. He loves a mystery. He has some level of integrity. And actually, yeah. he aside from loving a mystery, I think he's just intrigued. His curiosity always gets the better of him because yeah. he probably does have better things to do. So they go and see Willie Kinross, don't they? Cause mm. who, who tried to sell um, McNally the table already to sort of go. But they, by this point, have they already figured out that the table probably doesn't exist? Well, I think Willie tells them. He talks about this guy called Drew Drew Drury. Drew Drury. That's that's slightly better. <laughs> I can't do a Scottish accent. Can do you? I get, no, I can't. <laughs> I can, well, only on certain words, maybe like murder. <laughs> Well, which was yeah, interesting later on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in Willie's shop, and they, yeah, Willie says that the this person who had all Mary Queen of Scots stuff at Drew the end. Drew Drury. Drew Drury. He was the executioner. Oh, apparently, and he burnt all her stuff. So after she died, so, so there can't be a billiard table. Yeah. So basically, Willie's like, oh yeah, it was just a scam. I tried to pull on McNally because I knew he wanted it, so I tried to scam him, but he wouldn't. He didn't want it at the time. So, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we could like scam him again because at this point, Gimbert hasn't really said, oh, I don't really want you to find him. Yeah. Or maybe we just like redo the scam. And Willie's like, oh no, I'm I'm playing it straight now. Yeah, don't make me I'm do like, something yeah, dodgy. I'm not going to do dodgy stuff, even though he does dodgy stuff later. Um, <laughs> then we see we have a little bit of an insight into McNally on tour, where he's doing this kind of like raconteur bit, and he's talking mm. to he's got he's he's got his snooker table set up I felt that this was a bit misogyny of the week is this going to be the the, uh, very early on misogyny of the week and I think there's more later to be honest I mean there is I've I've put (laughs) another misogyny so he he takes someone's drink doesn't he he says can I have have a drink just takes it out of someone's hand drinks it he says oh it's as good as a kiss and he says oh no it's not can can I have one and just kisses this woman kisses this woman Um, but I mean I imagine she paid to go and see him I would be kind of delighted if I paid to go and see someone and then they kissed me if I liked them I've been to see people I would not want to kiss (laughs) me too but if Ian McShane if I went to see Ian McShane and he came and kissed me no problems. That's it. Excellent. Yeah. So, so I don't know, but maybe McNally. I, why am I trying to give him any kind of slack? Here? I don't know. He's a hor- he's, a, he's a horrid man anyway. But mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was just a bit. This is why I got Jim weird. Davison early nineties big break wasn't well, it? I said big break was on big at this break. time. Big it's break. Only a yeah. game, so put up a real good fight. 
We're gonna be snookering you tonight. I was. I so <laughs> wish that I had written down. She knows all the words again, just like my grandfather's clock. I. I'm gonna be snookering you, snookering you tonight. Big break. I wish that I'd written down how many minutes until <laughs> Polly and Helen sing the Big Break theme tune. So I, so I went and looked it up. It was actually a Captain Sensible song written by Mike Batt. That's why it it's so catchy. Very Mike Batt. I do yes. Mike Batt know that. Mumbles fame. Yes. I did actually know that because in the credits they used to say like chewed by Captain Sensible. Yeah, yeah. I did did, yeah, did I, you know that Mike Batt wrote Bright Eyes? I didn't know that. Yes. Bright Eyes is one of those songs that always makes me cry. Yeah. Only oh, partly because you're yeah. associated oh with the world's it. most horrific film. Yeah. I can't, I can't is, listen to it. it is her, that film, I saw it the other day. They they re-showed it a few months ago. Oh, and I just went, how the hell did children go watch? It's the... Oh my god, it's horrendous. I'm getting like I know. Oh. the end, especially when bright eyes and then all the ghost rabbits. Oh no, I stop! I shouldn't have it's brought it. I, I, even as I thought, it bright eyes, I was like, like, it's like War of the Worlds. I can't listen to this. It, oh yeah, World soundtrack. Oh, I, I, I can. I love that. And I love it. The thing is, the music's amazing, but oh my god, like it, no one. It, it, it really is, frightens yeah. me. It is um, yeah. disturbing. <laughs> the chances of anything coming from Mars were a million to one. They said. Sorry. Um, and Big Break have been on since 1991. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is interesting about it. I'm going to go off on a wonderful tangent, but this is related. So uh, the first thing that Ian McShane did after Lovejoy had finished in 1994 was... Go he, on, Big Break. He did, no, <laughs> he did a... Celebrity Big Break. He did a one-off, or I think it was two episodes, but uh, it was a one-off... <laughs> Uh, drama with Lenny Henry called White Goods, which was based on a Big Break style game show where McShane was the snooker player and no. Lenny Henry was the man who answered the questions. <sighs> and it was like it was a quiz. There's got to be some sort of underlying snooker there's, there's connection. Got, there must be. And um, and and it, then it was about they won all this stuff, but the idea was you only won one of everything. So then they had a big fight about who got to keep the fridge <laughs> and, and all of that. I mean, that Te- was, television was very that different was in the nineties. To be entertainment <laughs> in nineteen ninety four. Do you think you can still get that? I might look yeah, at Lenny Henry, who's now Sir Lenny Henry, Henry who was arguing it? over a fridge with McShane. Because what was the thing of Big Break? So there was obviously Jim Davison, there was John Burgo. Was there Trick like a trick shot? And then, then they had a snooker pot player pot who came on. Oh, I just remember him saying Pot the Black. Yeah, he always had a professional snooker oh, player. Oh, did you have two professional snooker players? Did or did you, you have a professional snooker player versus John Burgo? I can't remember. I can't it remember. Was, was it John Burgo that did the trick shot every yeah. week? Yeah. Wasn't it? Well, no, yeah. Yeah. I can't. think so. I always used to watch it. I did. I, I loved used it. To watch it. But Jim Davison is it, a horror. He's an absolute he's a vile man. Oh. Wasn't it on after Noel's house party? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it Noel's was. House party. Crinkly bottom. Then, I mean, this is the thing. We now <laughs> that was deemed to be there was a theme park called Crinkly Bottom. It closed because nobody went to it. I'm not bloody surprised. There was a, there was a, a like Noel's a house lobby themed. I used to love Noel's House Party. If you're listening from Blackburn. the US side, do apologise. Tony Blackburn used to come on as, and, and get booed. He used to come on every week and ring the doorbell and get booed and go away again. It was oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it was lovely. Maybe that's why I don't like Tony Blackburn. Oh, no. No, no liked, other reason. I, like, <laughs> I love I, Tony Blackburn. He seems like quite a nice person. I have a sort of knee-jerk reaction to him, but maybe it was just Noel's House Party. Were they both on Radio Caroline? Caroline? Were they on Radio Caroline or was it the other one that they were on? They're the same here. Radio Luxembourg. Oh, Luxembourg, maybe, yeah. Okay. Anyway, tangent. I enjoyed that tangent. I really enjoyed that. You got to put the tangent about white goods in. So yes, this is why I started to get really confused because I was like, Gimbert. So Gimbert was gonna pay Lovejoy to keep looking to to, to look for it, but not actually find it. But Um, but he was very keen that the charade be kept up in an authentic way. I.e., Lovejoy had to just find actual the line between finding actual stuff but not finding it. And this was the thing is, I mean, you're finding a thing that doesn't exist anyway, so. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to make up the clues anyway, whereas Lovejoy obviously would be. I think Lovejoy suspects it does exist. Yes. Well, he's got his his divvy sense. Well, while they're having that conversation, that's when Gimbert's selling McNally's signatures for a fiver, and he's just such a crook. He is just a conniving little shit. He's taking advantage. He's taking advantage Mm. of somebody who's down on his luck. Oh, and then when the cutscene goes back to McNally still doing his raconteur bit, there's a very off colour joke. I didn't know whether to go for the brown or the pink. Oh, yes! My jaw dropped. My jaw hit the floor. I was like, "Is that really? Did they? Did they mean that?" I can't believe they left that in. I'm sure the. um, I'm sure they knew what they were doing. They must have done. Of course they They did. I've written, "Good God." (laughs) (laughs) You easily, 
easily shocked. But well, weirdly, I am easily shocked. I am easily You'd shocked. You'd never guess, would you, listener? <laughs> M is easily shocked. I am easily shocked. Right. I'm a bit approved. So they go to basically, after on this quest to find this thing, doesn't they? So they go to Drury Hall, which is the family home of Drew Drury, Mary's Queen of Scots executioner, Mary's last jailer. And they go there, and obviously, in typical Lovejoy style, the elder man, Reginald Drury, mm. has died. So they're cataloguing the house contents for a sale. Oh, yes. Of course of the, they are, because it's Lovejoy. But guess who is um, Reginald Drury's son, Sir Anthony Drury? Martin Were you guys Glynn. as obsessed with Ben Badly as I was? I mean, I think I could still probably quote it. It was very important if you were hanging out with lads for some reason, this might just have been where I lived or the lads that I knew, that you could quote it because that was somehow the only way that you could communicate with one another. It was really, really strange. I used to watch it, but I don't. I remember thinking Neil Morrison was quite sweet. Oh, I quite like Neil Morrison. I kind of fancied Whereas I think this is a sign of my age because I was looking at very, very young Martin Clunes. I was thinking, oh, isn't he got a nice kissy mouth? It's kind of ugly, but it's kind of hot. He was definitely someone who like has not aged well. He was looking quite cute in this. Um, um, so, yeah, so, so Martin Clunes, so Anthony is cataloging the sale, cataloging the contents of the house for a sale to sell all his father's stuff to pay off his debts. Who was the auction? Who was the auctioneer? Rosemary. Did we recognise her? Oh, it was yes. the one from the British Empire. Yes, it was Laura, yeah, from, it the was British Laura from the British Empire. It was uh, the whole way through this episode. Listen, what was her name? So everyone was Julia St. John. Saint John that was everyone it. was like someone famous, someone properly famous. I've been re-watching the British Empire. Did I tell you? One mm. of my colleagues. I mentioned it. One of my colleagues went. I have the entire box set, and she's incredibly <laughs> intellectual. She said something to me the other day, and I said, "Excellent." <laughs> Sorry, back to Martin Clunes yeah. going through so, a secret door. So yeah, so go through a secret door because basically it's very he's like, oh yeah, you know, even though he doesn't really know who Lovejoy mm. and Jane are, he's like, oh yeah, come and look at like my my Drew Drury's letters and whatever. But then as soon as they mention Willie Kin Ross, Sir Anthony is not happy about this because Willie mm. Kin Ross. So basically, I get the Willie Kin oh, Ross yes, and Reginald a... Drury who's just died were in cahoots over this scam oh, to yes, sell the table, and what happened was. Reginald Drury Did got done him. for fraud and somehow Willie Kim Ross got away with it. And so the son, Martin Clues, is angry with Willie Kim Ross for getting his dad done for fraud. I mean, you would be. It's, which it's is, a fair, which it's is a fair reasonable. thing. So then when he realises that, they know Willie Kim Ross. They're like, oh, you, he's like, well, you're not looking at this stuff anymore. Go away. And that was their only, that was one of their main like mm. sources of evidence. So that, and that's now closed off to them. So, bit guide. Then we sort of... Slide into storyline two. Oh yeah, there was. I'd forgotten there was even a storyline two, but you loved, loved you. this subplot. You I'll explain Go why on. as we get closer Go to on, the explain end. Explain the subplot because I I recognised it, but not as it started. But as we got about halfway through, it, I was like, I, I know this now. story. You could see what's going to happen story. as well. You could absolutely. Yeah. You were going. It was like watching something fall off a shelf in slow yeah. motion, yeah. where you're on the other side of the room and you're going. Yeah. Oh, you know you're not going to be able to get to it in time. So Tink's trying to find oh, an Elizabethan snook. table? He... No, he's actually, he goes to see a snooker table dealer mm. initially. So I don't know what, quite why, because obviously they can't just like buy a modern snooker t- or like a more modern snooker table and then go, they probably could have done. Mm. Anyway, so they, but then he he goes to this person who specialises in snooker tables. So obviously he's got other stuff, but he doesn't really know what the other stuff is. Stevens. Stevens. So they see this desk that he's bought for 500 quid, which Tinker's like... So also, five grand. I had the shock of my life at that bit because when he said, oh, what's that? And just saw this desk thing. Uh, that's my mum and dad's dressing table from when I was little that so they don't have anymore because it mysteriously got sold at some point. Did they sell the drawers? I had such a shock. I was like, oh my gosh. But um, Stevens was Robert Dawes, who was Tuppy Glossop in... Uh, Jeeves and Wooster. Yeah. That was it. So he I was another person where I was yeah, like, like I know him. at the same time. <laughs> Literally <laughs> every person in it, you were like, was oh, someone. that person? Yeah. So they've got... Do you know the theme tune to that? Oh, God, Jeeves. Oh, you I see, played that on the violin. If you just sung it, I wouldn't have known that was Jeeves and Worcester. Yeah, I didn't know that one so well. I didn't watch it as much, that one. I right. I love Jeeves and Worcester. So then, 
Tink says Mercury and Scots did have a billiard table and it's in all the inventories. So then I got super confused. What? So I had no idea what was happening. I've Did written down. Actually... Tink confirms MQOS, Mercury and Scots. Oh, yeah, so that was also my abbreviation. Did have, underlined, a billiard table. Oh, yeah, she had, yeah, it's... It had multiple billiard tables. She had tables. it. The issue was it did exist, but then it got burned. Oh, and then I've written poor Eric. But I think, is that the bit where they were like, we can do this guy over for his desk, but Lovejoy can't go because he's got to go do more... Exploring yeah, and Tink can't go because yeah. he's always he's already been. Yeah, because if he, yeah, yeah. Cause the whole point of Eric going was to like sort of reinforce mm. the idea because basically Tink's like, oh yeah, you know, I give you a bit of money for that desk if you want, like yeah, maybe mm. you know they're trying to like play it down because it's worth a lot of money. So uh, that that's how that set up sets up the subplot, and then then Lovejoy and Jane still on the trail of uh, the clues to the <laughs> to a nice distant table go to Fotheringhay Castle, which. It's a thing. Did you I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's so real. pretty. It is. My favorite bit in this though was when Lovejoy said, "Can you pull over? I, I want to find the best way to see M1." And I thought, God, because there's no GPS, was yeah. there? So he's got this big map and he's oh, trying to figure it do out. You know what would be amazing? I wonder if there's a GPS with McShane's voice on it. I would buy it. I don't I even have a car. Can't even drive. <laughs> Shane's voice with that he did with when he did the cart door out. Oh, so, I think oh, I yeah. say something. I've got it some notes. Just be beautiful. Oh, it'll be amazing. I've got yeah. notes later on about his voice. So, um, so Rotherham Hay Castle is significant because it's where Mary Queen of Scots was executed, but it was also destroyed along with all her stuff. And basically, it was interesting this point actually that the reason they burn all her stuff is because obviously she was Catholic, and the Pope. I, I didn't know any of this, and I presume it was true. Mm, yeah, yes. the Pope. The Pope wanted to make her a saint. And um, yeah, so they were like, well, it's true. So they were worried to. that he would make her a saint. So what they did was they burnt all her stuff. So there wouldn't be any relics. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, by the way, that's never stopped the Catholics. We would just have made stuff. <laughs> just yeah. make yeah. Why they would have been that like, in any way, going to be helpful? Be like thirty-five, like Mary's little finger. Is <laughs> <laughs> that like, thing that they used to buy Jesus, Jesus's fingers in packs of ten oh. <laughs> from Blackadder? Pieces of the true cross. But you can get. Is any? Have either of you ever been to see relics? Because they reckon if you put together all the pieces of the true cross, it would be something like twenty-five <laughs> feet high. Yeah. Noah's Ark. <laughs> Yeah, you know, honestly. But this bit of a Castle, this is where Jane goes super romantic and dramatic, yeah. and I loved it, and Lovejoy loved it. It was very passionate. It was incredible. Was it true what she said? Yes, I, th- I think so. She basically tells a, a story, doesn't she, about Mary's execution, but very sort of like a dramatic monologue. As a monologue, this amazing yeah. dramatic monologue. It, it felt like she was doing an audition piece. Mm, for some she's doing yeah. her... Ferrada. Ferrada. I was going to say her beautiful. A-level drama. <laughs> A-level theatre studies. beautiful, wasn't it? She said... So I think this bit is true that the execution didn't go kind of to plan, and, and they had to finish off. But then she was like, missed. and then he got a saw, and I was like, yeah, walking away. And then she was awful. like, and then they lifted up her skirts, and her little dog ran out. I was like, a dog? I don't think this happens. But this is ridiculous. Thing, I'm sure we've heard. Haven't you said the thing about the dog howling before? I'm sure you've mentioned that. Or I think that, that was else? that was Howard it's Carter's just, dog. Oh, that's Howard Carter's dog. <laughs> in it's what dogs apparently do in so the sort of folklore. Yes. It is that. Who knows how much of it's true? Because obviously there will be accounts of it, but it'll be so one of those things. And then when she went, and then they ripped the base from the billiard table and put it over her stump, and I was like, "All right, Jane." Stop. 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 The billiard table was just kind of there. Just like my neck hurts. It's just, just gross. Was it like, <laughs> the, way, the, the idea that the billiard table was just sort of there as like a spectator in its own right, it was just kind of nearby. Why was it at her execution? I've got the image now, the billiard table sort of sat on the best seat, yeah. raising an eyebrow when yeah. they missed. The billiard That's table like, said nothing. Like, 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 <laughs> but this time... time. got some more weird misogyny here haven't we or i i thought we did part two what was the misogyny gimbert says he wants lovejoy to speak to mcnally and gimbert says it's only a matter of time before he turns on his wife beats her to a pulp and winds up in the tabloids until then i'm paying for publicity so if he does do that then he'll get free publicity 
so it was just like what it's happening know. what I don't understand what's happening now and then he's like trying to say like oh you need to talk to McNally's wife and I didn't quite understand what oh yeah about. and then he said um, he said yo you need to go and talk to I think because he wants the marriage to break down it's and he says you're very good at breaking yeah, you marriages yeah you were to say this was from, that awful comment mm, about Lady Jane's from what, marriage from what I hear about you and Lady Jane you're good at wrecking marriages that was wow. a bit of a low blow, even from Gimbal. Not even true. Not yeah, an absolute really. load of bollocks. Although, I, I know these people aren't real. <laughs> but I was furious. They are, they are real to us. I'm not sure where he would have heard it, but that was kind of Alexander's reason. That, that mm. sort of yeah. awkward, stilted conversation that they had when it was raining outside and she's looking oh, out the window and, and says, uh, you know, what's the weather like in Hong Kong? And he says, better than here. Not that I've watched this so many times, <laughs> I can quote the whole thing. But... Um, yeah, where he, he basically says there might be someone for who that she would disappear just like Lovejoy. Ugh, mm. so it's all it, a mess. Is it kind of, it? Yeah, kind of. But it's not, but it's, it's not fair. Because again, we've talked about how Lovejoy's always been very careful. But to be mm. fair, this point, this is the point where like Lovejoy is pushed to the limit by Gimber. That comment and the general like disgusting yeah. Yeah. Like, beating up the wife and whatever. Lovejoy's like right. I'm gonna go and tell McNally yes. what a what a asshole. I quite Gimbert admired him. For so like, yeah, so he definitely is like right. This is ridiculous. I've had enough of Gimbert now. Um, and then what's I, then so I, he tells McNally that you, we can't find this. It, it doesn't exist. And McNally says, "I think it does. I've always played by chance. I'm the people's champion. If there is a chance, then I will always take it. That's the way that I play." And at this point, I wrote down, "This man's a good actor. Who is it?" So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, it is. It is Alex Norton. Who was in Taggart? Was he in Taggart? Which is why we all said murder earlier. (laughs) (laughs) But Helen, you might be interested to know that he, in one episode of Woolly and Tig, played the granddad. Is Woolly and Tig still on? The little girl and the spider. I don't know what that is. From CBBS. I think maybe they don't do it anymore. It's very. It was very sweet. Yeah, Tig. No, is Woolly the spider or is Tig the spider? I can't remember. Anyway, it's a toddler and her pet spider. It is a toy spider. Every toddler should have a pet spider. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's like blue and red. It's is not like a terrestrial. Those programs they do not show in Australia in case a toddler just like yeah. <laughs> accidentally pets a uh, you know a red back or something. Um, so yeah, so so McNally's like not really. So Lovejoy doesn't really succeed in warning McNally off of Gimbert really. And then I guess Lovejoy decides, oh well, I'm going to carry on working for Gimbert as well. So kind of he gets enraged by Gimbert, but then just carries on. Yeah. So what well, kind of written? He, he's oh, I haven't kind of written I have written um, at this point Lovejoy's like right I'm going to fake the billiard table because then the tour will end and so Gimbert's that's stuffed. right yes that's so I'm just right. going to fake it fake now it, that's right. and he figures he'll fake it because he now knows the cloth was ripped off so he's going to like do this whole fake ripping of the cloth so yes. he goes to see Kim Ross again and say can you help me fake this table and Kim Ross is quite resistant but he's like well can there's you there's a lot me- of faking things going on the past mm. few weeks I'm thinking mm. back to the violin which it's is again another them. person with an obsession with a anyway yeah. carry on it's always about faking stuff isn't it there was a lot of echoes of that and, yeah you know distressing the violin and the guy who's yeah. obsessed with violins yeah go on sorry I no no I just no, so, so, like, but Kim Ross does kind of agree doesn't he that he'll get him some wool some bays that would be of the right period the correct era yeah to then like rip off this table and then I think he decides I'm just going to get any old Elizabethan table because they also find out through their research that that's what you did with billiards you just like got any old table hammered it in the hoops and the whatever and just played it on that and they've got you didn't t- have a special yeah. table yeah Tink sort of made like a bit of a mock-up of one Eric's playing it with a spoon yeah. <laughs> which I quite enjoyed it was very sweet at this point I was thinking like because they kept going on about how oh it's a shame we can't we didn't get access or proper access to those letter books because they would have like told us a bit more of the story of like what happened to the table and I was like well what you know yeah okay you went once and Drury was like pissed off with you because you know Kim Ross but like before that he was really happy to show him to you didn't know who yeah. you were mm. so couldn't you just send someone else like, yeah, exactly. instead of sending Eric to do a scam that he's gonna but F up why didn't you send fail. Eric <laughs> he, he could Eric do it that instead. Oh, or maybe, maybe Tinker like just says to, to oh yeah okay. you because know, I'm sure Tinker do a good like lie mm. about um Anyway, I just that was a thought that I had. I was like, hang on, what they could like he was very open to showing them to random people. Yeah, because he wanted he... to get the money for the death duties, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. So the more people he's got interested <coughs> in it, the better the auction will go, exactly. surely. Anyway, but yeah, that's when they send Eric to finalise the uh, I put they sent Eric to finalise the hat stand desk scam. I probably should explain or we should probably should explain what the hat stand desk is. It's actually it's called the ugly sisters scam, isn't it? Yeah. 
Tinks says. The Ugly Sisters routine. Oh, he explains it quite well, and I'm sure... Have we come across that in Lovejoy before? Well, I, I almost feel like we have. Because it felt familiar. Yeah. 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 They've done it before, but they haven't, like, explained, explained the rationale. Yeah. So you know there's something there that is valuable, and you go in and you flatter something different, the ugly sister, and say, oh, look at this, this is amazing. Oh, oh, what's that next to it? You shouldn't be keeping those next to each other or whatever. And then you leave, and then an actual expert or somebody who's respected goes in and basically says the same kind of thing. What he did that I liked, though, he went in and he went, oh, you've been landed with one of them as well. Oh, mm. oh, that was quite a clever way yeah. of doing it, because it wasn't just the obvious, which you must be able to see through, because it must be a well-known yeah. trick. Oh, look at that nice thing. Oh, look at that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, God, there's loads of them floating around. Got oh, yeah, you got done as well. He's like, oh, I paid 500 quid for mine, Eric, which is how much he knows that this guy pays. It's actually yeah. quite... He does quite well. Uh, he wore a suit. He, he did yeah. a voice. I said, I Eric is it. overacting, but it goes well, is what I yeah. think Yeah, yeah. So he basically doesn't seal the deal. So basically, this guy is so desperate now to get rid of this ugly death that he gives offers it to Eric for a hundred pounds. Like he paid five hundred, it's worth five grand. So that bit, obviously, you're screaming at the telly. Eric, just, just Eric, to... take the hundred quid. I'll no, pay the hundred like, quid. Eric, you're gonna go too far. You're gonna get copy. He's done that before. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Go on. We missed, we missed the bit the, where we, I think we missed the bit where Kim Ross is talking about Mary Queen of Scots being obsessed with anagrams. <laughs> I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> we might have missed it. I mean, it happens at some point. Basically, now Kim but later Ross, on, that's important because yeah, they yeah, do because Kim Ross is now basically on board. Kim Ross now appears suddenly to be helping Lovejoy. Oh, this is why and I wrote he, it down. And they they're pla- they're practicing. They put the wool on a piece of chipboard and, and they rip it, it off. off. They like, pra- and I think yeah, that's when they also had this discussion about like Mary Queen Scott. She liked to put her name and anagrams of her name. Oh on, yes, I do stuff like that. to asmatia. Which is weirdly, what you does he say? It's weirdly prescient or something. Yeah. Like, um, Polly, you'll enjoy the reason I wrote this down. The only reason I wrote this down is because I also wrote, why is Lovejoy explaining how he's going to fake the table so hot? Because he was like leaning across and oh, kind of it whispering. It was a bit, wasn't he? Oh, man. It's a bit much. You see, you see, you get it now. <laughs> I thought he you was really sick. We've, we've been totally like conditioned. He's, he's about, <laughs> isn't he like 78, 79 now? Well, but he's about the right age here because this is how old we now. This is the age. He's the age for us. It's a good age for us. Isn't that interesting? Because obviously, when I was watching it, Eric was eleven, which is just a bit worrying. (laughs) Eric is my favourite, and at the time, Eric certainly was my favourite. But thinking about it, he is obviously the kid in it all, and I was a kid as well. I think I've got good taste, and I Mm. was um, yeah, because he is hot. So yes, he's explaining that basically, yeah, the plan is to, as I said, buy this random Elizabethan table. Put the wool on it, rip it off, then say, "Oh, look! It's you can see where the thing's ripped off," and then say that this is the table. And then it's interesting, like they say, "Oh, it's not fraud. It's not fraud because they're not going to say it's just mm. It's like when you don't sign it, it's always yeah. like, oh, I've put my name on it. Yeah, yeah, I put my name on it. So it's not fraud. So it's not fraud because we're not saying it is Mary Queen of Scots table. They are going to make the it's, it's association. Yeah. They're, they're going to make, make the association. Yeah. Isn't that what Darren Brown basically does? Yeah. It's, that it's very thing, clever. Isn't it? I'm going to set. We're going to set it up and allow mm. them to draw their own conclusions, and then we're not actually going to correct them. Yeah. And then. And then Dennis Turner's there. Yeah. Yes, and then. <laughs> This is the point at which, so I was watching this at home and like my partner came in, like came home and was like, came to the room and he was like, looked at the TV and he was like, what is Dennis Taylor doing there? He's like, I thought I heard a Northern Irish voice because he's from Northern Ireland. <laughs> yes, and, like, of course. and um, he likes to feel, he's like, yeah, I just, I just heard a Northern Ireland. And then he was watching it for a couple of minutes and he said, turned to me and said, about Lovejoy, is it always like this? <laughs> Misogyny number three, using woman for trick, and I can't I'm, remember what he did with oh, it. Oh, how can it? you not remember this? I was I couldn't he, believe my eyes. Put her on the table. Did, so there's he? a woman lying across. That it was, was it. a volunteer. Yeah, oh, she must volunteer. She it was, volunteered. It was yeah, but it was TBS. Dodgy ass. So then yeah. she's lying on the snooker table. She has something in her mouth so she can balance one of the snooker balls like, like a golf in like a, her yeah, mouth or on her face and he does a trick shot where he like bounces the ball does it go through a triangle or have I just watched too many oh. clips of Big Break today <laughs> <laughs> but there's no women lying on tables in Big Break um, surprisingly weirdly, weirdly. Like, but then it was deemed to be a little bit too far and I honestly thought my god I wonder how many takes it 
it, it was to do. It looked so dangerous. They could easily have smashed her in the cheek a with a snooker a ball. Massively misogynistic, though. Yeah. Do Very you... weird. But yeah, so basically what's happening is like, so McNally's got Dennis Taylor as like a guest on his... But it's on a his really, tour. But it's a really extended scene. Basically, it's like we're suddenly, with no sort of... We're like watching... No preamble. And it's really a good like 10 minutes of it, like... It probably sh- had to be an extended scene because they probably had to pay him quite a fair mm. bit so they thought, well, we might as well make the most of him and actually have him in it properly. Well, I'm so interested now in the link with White Goods. Was Ian McShane just like really into snooker? And then I Dennis Taylor's know. like, can I be in Lovejoy? I love antiques. And then they kind of came up... Well, interestingly, McShane is not interested in antiques because it's in the various interviews that he's done about Lovejoy. Oh, People like, have said, well, are you into antiques? And he said, no, not really. Rubbish. And this is where I was like, this is where I really was like, oh my God, this was so a thing. This is where I really started thinking about Big Breaks. Mm. Before then, I, hadn't, I, was like, mm. I was like, oh yeah, I know, God, but it was this so. Is, this is this Dennis used to be on Big Break. I'm just double checking that I did yeah, actually write. Used, the trick shots used to get more and more elaborate, and occasionally he would miss them. He, would, he yeah. didn't always get them, did he? Maybe they had to do that to make it more realistic. So there's a whole extended... It's very bizarre. I mean, Dennis Taylor is very charming, isn't it? Like, yeah, very, it, it, just, it was good. I was watching it going like, this is so weird. Because it's just suddenly in the middle of... Loved it. It was like a totally different sort of programme. Yeah, it was, you know it, I mean? it was like, like you'd kind of gone on to the tour with McNally yeah. and you were in the audience and you were like, well, hang on, what about the... What about the Draws that Eric wants and, and what about the, the, the billiard table? table? Like, yeah, it was all very weird. This is where there's a massive bit of serendipity for Lovejoy. Mm. I mean, it's very convenient. <laughs> this bit of storyline. Oh yes, I like, guess who one. happens to be very implausibly <laughs> oh, yes. a big fan of like snooker, snooker, snooker. trick shots. Although, to be fair, you have to you have to make your own fun in Suffolk. They're probably <laughs> in Suffolk. There's a vaguely fair. I mean, actually, okay. If during this time, no, actually, I was about to say we'd be quite interested if John Virgo. We wouldn't really know, would we? No, we wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Because no. I used to watch Big Break every week. I wouldn't have been like, oh, I really want to go and see John Virgo. Well, maybe um, it's a maybe it's a boy thing. Yeah, maybe it's a boy but thing. Yeah, I imagine boys being way more. Well, and this is a boy. It's Martin it's, Clunes, not Martin Clunes, yeah. Sir Anthony. Anthony <laughs> Martin Clunes being a boy. So but he is a boy in this, so he's tiny. See, it's basically Sir Anthony Drury turns out to be a big fan of McNally. He's like seriously like a super fan. So he's queuing up for Dennis Taylor's signature, but obviously McNally's grumpy and not doing signatures. Oh, so McNally was like, oh well, I can get you. This is where McNally was really. He was just shouting, "I want more oh, vodka." Yeah. He was really yeah. drunk at this point. Or was I for it in doing a me? <laughs> When you think, where's all the booze gone? Why won't you give me any more? And it's because everyone's like, because you're drunk, you can't have any more. Um, and he's just super angry. I demand to have some booze. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, but, 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 so Anthony doesn't care about McNally's booziness. He's such a big fan. He's like, I just want your signature. And so then he get, and then he actually invites them to Drury Hall, you know, for like dinner or something, isn't it? And then that, so obviously they're like, yes. Ooh. Result, they get to now look at the letter books again. Mm. They're suddenly back in the good books. The and Kinross stuff seems to be like forgotten. Oh, it doesn't matter because you're bringing McNally to my house. There's just a bit where Anthony had taken down his own dad's portrait, which I thought was a bit oh yeah horrible. He's yeah. like, oh, so who, like... Was, who was hanging there? Oh, that was my dad. But because he just let them down and had shamed the family or whatever, yeah. they were like, oh, his portrait doesn't get to stay up there then. Mm. They, they get to look at the, the letter books. I have to say, I mean, this is like, by the by, so it cuts to a scene of like Eric and Tinker in the pub and nothing, but they're just talking mm. about the scam. But I just got excited, overexcited again by the crisp packets. <laughs> I didn't well, even mention that. Yeah, right. I was too busy writing down judicious, ju- <laughs> judicious acquisition versus scam. Because Tink said it was a judicious we missed acquisition. Both Tinker and Eric were very eloquent in this episode. They were. Do you remember very, very early on, Eric uses the phrase, he's enmeshed in a web of deceit. Yes! <laughs> and I thought, I like, Eric would tangled, never say a that. A tangled web of deceit. I've written it down. What a tangled enmeshed. web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Mm. Enmeshed in his tangled web of deceit. And then there's a, a lovely quote where um, he asks, uh, he asks, Tinker to explain the word vulgarian and he says a vulgarian is a philistine with money yes because (laughs) I wrote this down he says he says um, Tinker I think obviously Tinker actually says Gimba is an insufferable vulgarian and Eric says surely it doesn't matter where he comes from Insufferable Bulgarian. I might get that tattooed on. But I love, that. I love the definition of Bulgarian. If you ask me to define Bulgarian, yes, a Bulgarian is a philistine with money. <laughs> it's a great definition. <laughs> I loved it. It's brilliant. 
they were very eloquent, like Shakespearean language coming out of their mouths. But yeah, so yeah. Love John Gimbert. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, they're, they're, at, so, they're at Drury Hall. Yeah, they're looking, looking the very books, smart, aren't they? Because they've been invited by Sir Anthony. They've yeah, got to they've die. got the whole jeans, shirt, um, blazer. Oh, I love it. Yeah, can't go wrong with that look, can you? And they look at the letters, and basically they've learned from the letters that actually Mary Queen of Scots' belongings they weren't immediately burnt. They were given to all various people, like her friends and ladies in waiting, whatever. And then at some point not long after that they were gathered back up again and then burnt mm. so I was like oh maybe it's we're going to find out that it's been like scattered somewhere mm. at this point but that's not what happens <laughs> then there's just a very they're looking at the letter books and there's just a very convenient moment I thought Lovejoy put that on himself there's the, the like graffiti on the other table that said oh yeah that was the, the anagram, anagram. Yeah, so they turn around and there's a table mm. that says to Asmatia, which we already know. I thought I've tried, oh, but how could he have done it? Because it was in Drury Hall and being stupid. Yeah. I thought he planted it somehow, but he can't have done it. No, I'd, I'd, I think it was meant to be the real table. I'd written I'd written here, Lovejoy went to the oh. effort of faking a table and then found one. No, hang on. Yeah. Helen's right. It is meant to be the real table, and Helen's I know ex- right. I know exactly why you're right because in the next scene, she's it's right where because she was paying attention, and we were just drinking. No, no, no. that's why she's right. In the next scene, <laughs> Tink and Eric are fighting because Eric's talking to Stevens to get the drawers, and at this point, I've written, I know this story. It's Parsons' pleasure. It's the Roald Dahl story where the antique dealer goes to try and he knows that people in the countryside, which Gimbert said earlier um, about people in Prague. Um, they've got all this stuff, they don't know what it's worth, they don't really care about it, so you can get it for a steal. And in mm. Parsons' Pleasure, the Roald Dahl story, that's what this guy does. I'm and he goes to um, these farmers oh, and he sees a commode that he, and he really, really wants it, he knows it's really expensive, but he basically kind of knows that they don't know, so kind of says, oh, well, it's a bit worthless. If I, if I get it, I just want it for the legs. And Eric's kind of said, oh, I just want it for the drawers. And at this point, I'm like... Oh sugar, I know what's gonna happen, but yeah, I it was only so obvious what was gonna but happen. I only I... thought it was gonna happen to the Eric and Tinker draw storyline, but actually, well, we'll talk about it now, won't yeah, we? Yeah, because I so because I because I, I got it at this point. So basically, yeah. So they find basically they find Mary Queen Scott's table in Drury Hall, and then we cut to Eric, who's persuaded Stevens to sell in the desk for eighty pounds. But he's on the phone going, yeah, yeah, I'll have 18. Oh, yeah, I yeah, just, I just want the drawers. drawers. And so at that point, I was like, oh, my God. So he's basically... No, yeah. this is where he misjudges. He's learned from Lovejoy because in a previous episode, way back in, I think, series one or two, there was some... Th- oh, I know what it was, the one with the Guarini, where mm. Lovejoy, he's going, no, 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 no. And mm. Lovejoy says, I know exactly the level at which their greed will become too much. Yeah. So I, and, and, I know and they stop. wait for the call to ring, the phone to ring back, and then they do. Yeah. And everyone goes... Oh my god! How did you know that? He's trying to do that. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's watched Lovejoy do it. He thinks I can push him a little bit further because that's what Lovejoy does. Yeah, and he misjudges. Yeah, yeah, he just pushes it too far. And says, "Oh, well, basically makes a big mistake." Saying I only want it for the drawers at that point. I was like, clearly he's going to destroy the desk. Yeah, and just give him the drawers. Yeah. It is that watching it, watching a book fall off the shelf in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> fall off the shelf in slow motion. Just yeah. what you mean though that it happens at the table as well because it's in Drury Hall. Everything's being sold off, so it's going to be in the auction. So they're like, oh, brilliant! So not only is there this table. Weirdly, which no one has noticed that it has the anagram of Mary Queen of Scots on it, which seems the thing yeah. that antiques people would know. But so Lovejoy, Jane, and Gimbert go to the auction to buy the table, and, and Kim Ross is there as Kim well. Kim Ross is there. So they're both bidding. So Gimbert and Kim Ross get into a bit of a bidding war about it, don't they? Because Gimbert manages to get it for fifteen grand, so they have to spend a pretty. I mean, that's yes. that's loads, isn't it? Fifteen. And in grand. those days, particularly, that's an insane amount. Obviously, Gimba has a you know nefarious plan. He's like, well, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna mm. get McNally to play on it a bit. Then it'll be worth even more. Exactly. And then I'm gonna flog it. So he takes it off to McNally, and this is where I've written. Oh, but the Roald Dahl twist isn't just on Eric and his drawers. It's on the billiard table as well. Because what does McNally do? It's the real thing, and McNally comes out. <laughs> And they're like, we've got you your table, blah, 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 blah. And he just whips from behind his back this massive axe and just smashes it all up. And it was the real thing. And he's destroyed it. 
Which you is know. quite cathartic. I thought though, who who then gets his comeuppance at the end? Really, I thought Gimbert. Actually, Gimbert's got his comeuppance. Mm. Yes, which is hilarious. It, because basically, like, because McNally's like, "Ha! Ah, you never asked me why I wanted the table. It's because I hate snooker. Snooker's ruined my life. So I'm gonna <laughs> get my own back. It's Megan Scott's fault for introducing see, Billy as the UK. She never like, should have brought it here. I'm gonna it's get my own back on the it? table by taking access to it. I mean, it's a bit. But in Parsons' pleasure, they smash because the guy says, oh, I just want the legs. And then they look at his car. He goes out to his car to get the money and they look at his car and go, oh, God, it's not going to fit in his car. And he's going to realise when he comes back, quick, get the axe. We'll smash it up. We'll just save the legs. Actually, so that's that's why I was like, I think that's why that's connected because it was literally the same. But it was an axe. We go back to Eric where I suspected Eric ends up with just oh, the drawers. God. Yeah. And then... Stevens has sold like the carcass without the jaws, even for like a grand or something, because they realise it's. But actually, you're, then, you're saying it's the real table. I mean, they buy the real table. But then I didn't get it. I didn't think Lovejoy kept them out. Yeah, Lovejoy's kept them. the real one. Because this was a bit that I really didn't get, because Eric's brought his drawers back in like plastic bags <laughs> and said, Oh, I just oh, got drawers. Everything about it was just. And um, I was like, well, that's a learning opportunity for yeah. him, isn't it? You know, you want to make mistakes in your job. That's a learning opportunity. I say not... it to myself all the time. That's probably why it's on the front of my lips. But then I thought that, because then Lovejoy kind of like wiggles his eyebrows like, don't worry, lads. And I thought he'd bought the carcass of the desk. But for some reason... He also has Mary Queen Scott's table, which we just think it's much worse. Yeah, I was so confused. I think maybe he, suspect, he, maybe he suspect. It's not explained. Basically, Lovejoy has still got the real table, and I think oh, he, he was got, just a conniving shit and wanted to keep the real table. But I think he maybe suspected that McNally would like do something like that. To oh, maybe. because I mean, he so was he very. It was a hot-tempered Scott, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Especially so when he had a somehow, drink. But we didn't. We didn't anything about how or why. But Lovejoy has managed somehow to swap. Even though, because it's Gimbert's table, not Lovejoy's. And it's Lovejoy's. a massive yeah. table. And it's massive. But somehow he's managed to, like, swap it, make a table that looks st- exactly the same. I still think it would have been better if it had been the desk. Swap it. It did look wonderfully, wonderfully cathartic, though, to do that. Because I'm sure, and I looked it up and I couldn't find it, so I don't, I'm not sure if it did happen, but I'm sure there was some musician around the time that had done a similar thing. Because I looked it up to see if it was Nigel Kennedy, and it wasn't. And he was still mm. famous and playing and happy. But there have been a whole load of musicians. There have been people who've won... Young musician of the year who've then gone fuck this I'm never going to play again. Oh My wow! Parents made me do this. Yeah, and I hate it. I hate that. Yeah. You know there are probably prodigies all across the country in various fields that secretly would love to do that. Mm. But Lovejoy wins because he's got my oh, yeah. Scott's table. But we'll never find out. I mean, in theory, then obviously he should be able to sell that for like a lot of money and then he would be famous and would never have to work again yeah. probably be on TV programmes forever Mary Queen so that's a very cool thing I mean yeah, but, but then obviously we'll never find that out because next week it'll just be back to back to normal yeah then because, he'll have no money yeah because as as Chris told us it was one of the last uh, dramas to be made where it wasn't sequential you didn't really didn't yeah have, you didn't have to watch them in order you didn't need to see the which I mean is a bit not quite true I see it's well quite, this you do there's certain bits where you do have to watch it in order I don't think like you do good, like you know like I think there's good you need to understand that like I mean to be James fair you could marriage is broken down oh, yeah. Yeah. the whole Victoria storyline takes place over more than one I think there's not good, two parts I think there's good mm. continuity in that the you, there aren't glaring errors yeah but except for the daughter changing her name I mean, that's a fairly <laughs> glaring error other than that uh, on that small thing um, you don't have to usually things are explained or inferred like you don't have to whereas there are certain dramas around this time even things like Heartbeat mm. which was a similar style that if you didn't watch people died oh, and all sorts and if you didn't watch that in order you wouldn't understand if you why this character disappeared or the Preston Front again yeah. were, they were kind of standalone but, but they weren't because you had to have watch the week before mm. to understand why mm. somebody was really distressed about something or why somebody was really annoyed with somebody else that was on the same I used to love that programme the press in front yeah. yeah it was good wasn't had it had you had enough DL and Pasco yeah <laughs> I just I, th- this one of all the ones probably because of the big break snooker thing and because Martin Clunes was in it really made me feel close to the 90s it was so it was 90s very 90s oh I've got to tell cast. you guys something go on I went to a concert this mm-hmm. week. Um, somebody sang an Oasis song. They sang Half the World Away. I and love that song. I Royal Family. Un- unexpectedly, and I don't know where it came from because I never really watched the Royal Family. Oh, it I just, love the Royal Family. I just started crying out of like one side of my eye. <laughs> and then I realised what it was. And what it was was she was, um, she'd just gone into her A-levels. So she was like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. 
So obviously, when we were that age, that's when Oasis were big and when Royal Family was on and blah, blah, blah. And it just took me back to all those concerts when we were that age, but people were singing Beatles songs because the 60s to the 90s is the same time as the 90s to now. Oh, my God, that depressed And it made me feel really weird. And this episode of Lovejoy really kind of... It almost, like, reinforced what had happened at the concert for me. 90s were a funny time, though, because they were very, like... it, It was all just very, like, brash and sort of... There was yeah. not very much nuance or, much like... Much more permissive than we... we mm, like, yeah. I don't think we thought of it like that. I think we, at the time, and you look back and that was the peak. Well, I just remember um, being incredibly proud to be a ladette and, like, oh, there's oh, a yeah. word for what I am. This is great. This, this is, is who I am. The... Here's my pint. Here's my fag. Here's my blonde hair. It was <laughs> I'm kind of delighted. <laughs> women weren't allowed in the stock exchange until the 80s. Well, they were on the floor of the... On yeah. the trading floor. There was a big... There's a, you, you don't realise... Don't think women could be bus drivers we until, like, 1979 we or something, were, mad. It's in the transport museum, isn't it? But we were the first generation, really, yeah. to have equal and, and even then arguably well, I mean, not, but mm, theoretically, theoretically equal, to like have equal. We could to do all those things every profession in theory. Because anybody who'd sort of graduated or whatever that much before us, or I guess ten years before us, mm. I guess, but we were within that. For, we were the end of that first and generation yeah, it, that it, had all that. It just never occurred to me that I couldn't do stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know why. That's it just I mean. never yeah. occurred we to me. We were the first generation to where it wouldn't even yeah. occur. Yeah, yeah. 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 We yeah. Even this is why I've been getting, I'm going to go preachy and I apologise, but I, this is why I've got, I get so annoyed the number of people who've said to me, oh, I don't vote because there's no point. And I think, do you know what? Unless you are a male member mm. of the aristocracy, somebody at some point like, fought for your yeah, vote. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're a man, somebody at some point fought for your right yeah. to vote. So just bloody use it. It's one day every, well, every six months at the moment, but it's one day every six <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if by the time I edit this, there's a no, it's, not it's, not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, really. So, so what do we learn? Today? I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Mary Queen of Scots, genuinely, because I then, because I then. I was going to say I learned the image changing is quite attractive. Well, that is an important that learning too. point. But I, I learned I because I don't really know a lot about Mary Queen of Scots. I know everything about Henry VIII. Was bloody wise because we mm. did it about four oh, times yeah. in school. I can mm. name them. I can name them in order. I can say what happened to them. All of that. I didn't really know about Mary Queen of Scots and didn't really. And I watched the film recently and I must admit I found it slightly. It went on a bit. I've not and, seen and, it. And was I haven't seen it. I mean, it was miserable because well, it's, it's quite, quite sad. It's a genuinely I mean, jolly. I couldn't exactly make it funny because that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Mary Queen of Scots, soon. the one in the National Portrait Gallery where she's blindfolded. Although I sound very cultured here, um, it's actually a painting of Lady Jane Grey. So, yeah, check it out if you're in London. It's beautiful. Is her head half on, half off? Because if so, then that's, that's her execution. Is there a little dog running out from under a skirt? And an executioner going, oh, bollocks. <laughs> Get the um, saw. But I didn't know much about it. And actually, I looked up some of this when I was doing research in massive inverted commas to see how much of it was true. And uh, it is. It's really yeah, interesting. It was really interesting. Like, I didn't know that she was, you know, that there was talk of making her a saint and then why well, they burnt all her stuff. I didn't know that she introduced billiards or was purportedly one of the people to introduce billiards to England. I, I thought she sounded like quite a cool... She was really cool. She was really young when she died as well. She was like 19 she was, or 20 or something. And don't she? they say in the episode, don't they, she was beautiful and Elizabeth wasn't. Yeah, and that's that, was, that was one of the why issues. Why she had to die. Which is always the way with women. It doesn't matter what the men look like. No one gives a shit what the men look like. Um, yeah, so I learned a lot about Mary Queen of Scots too. I quite enjoyed that. And well. while, while you're doing your important historical research, um, I looked up the Big Break debuted in 1991 and I think Men Behaving Badly did as well, but it was on ITV, do you remember? And it had um, Harry Enfield no. in it. And then it moved oh, to the yes. BBC later on. Mm, so Clunes was already in there. It was already on telly. Yeah, yeah. It's a tiny baby. Oh, he loved it. It was so good. And also, if you watch it now, I remember thinking... Carolyn Quinton was enormous. And you watch it now and she's just a completely normal-sized no, woman. <laughs> she's just against that other woman who is Leslie weirdly Ash. tiny. Yeah. Oh, so, um, Antique of the Week. I loved the hat stand so much. The one that Tinker's like, oh, what a beautiful the hat ugly stand. Sister. It, the ugly sister. I absolutely loved it. It was like flat that's what i liked about it because it would actually fit in my hallway because you could put it against the wall and it had little knobs coming out <laughs> and was literally buying it I, I loved it i was like if i see that anywhere i will buy it had the little 
like a tiny, very slim little bit that you could lift up and put like your keys in and your wallet and stuff. And you'd always know where everything was. Oh my God, I want it so much. I absolutely loved it. That's my so antique, that of antique of the week. That's my strongest antique of the oh, week really for is. months. I, I adored it. I thought it was beautiful. There weren't really many antiques in it, really, were there? Apart from Not the handstand really. and then the desk, which... I couldn't have the desk because that was in my mum and dad's oh, house. Was it? Well, I, I didn't <laughs> find it that attractive. Like, no, it was I didn't. Lots no. Of bulky, it was quite chintzy, kind of chintzy yeah, in a bit. Yeah, it's very Victorian. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm not really sure. I suppose, like, a sort of mainstream love of snooker is maybe <laughs> yeah. the answer yeah, 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 yeah. Chris packets again Chris packets again oh I could you often you're talking about Chris packets oh no I was just saying that they they were there again we've talked in depth about Chris packets before oh, yeah. I mean, we I have like, oh there they are again Scarf, a bit like the man you mug made the mm. appearance in the oh, it did oh and in the background of Tinker's Place a toast rack the same toast rack I think that I've seen before yeah so I think mine would probably be just the fact that like trick shots and Enjoying snooker as a <laughs> what used to be a thing. Being allowed selling. to use a woman as a sort of a prop. <laughs> Although I saw Debbie McGee today on uh, Harry Biker's making mm-hmm. food thing, and I thought, look, she's blossomed now. Um, fun fact: Paul Daniels was my first crush. Oh, good gosh! Did you used to watch Wisbit? Wisbit. Wisbit. Was it for Wisbit? Ha, ha, this way. Ha, ha, this way. Ha, ha, this way. My, oh, my. I couldn't remember that bit. I bloody loved Wisbit. But no, I love Paul Daniels was genuinely very good. What the hell was like this weird hat with legs? Yeah, yeah, magician's hat. Freaked me out. No, it wasn't. It was like yellow and it was weird. It was magic. It wasn't. Am I allowed for my antique of the week? Am I allowed to have a thing that wasn't really in it, but it just made yes. me laugh? Yes. I like the idea of relics. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, relics are great. Being in the being in the Catholic tradition, and I went off down a rabbit hole of looking up weird relics because I've seen some weird. Oh relics. yeah. Going to, like, I love you know, a relic. Teresa of Avila's like fingernail and stuff. Yeah, like, like that. bits of skin. And the, oh well, the best one I found Ugh. is uh, the holy foreskin, and a, and it says. <laughs> 18 different churches worldwide oh, claim to have oh, claim, <laughs> claim to have the skin from the infant Jesus's circumcised penis. Uh, and it says St. Catherine of Siena claimed to wear an invisible foreskin as a ring. Now, I, there are so many things wrong with that comment. So many things. But... And then it says the whereabouts of the actual foreskin is unknown. No shit. It's in the well, bin. It's probably just no like rotted I mean, in the bin. Like two thousand years ago, it just doesn't exist anymore. It's bin. two thousand years old. Apparently, you can go and see the tongue of Saint Anthony of Padua. I like Saint Anthony of Padua because mm. he's the saint, he's the patron saint of lost things. I put a thing up on um, uh, Instagram the other day, and I said I don't know if he works in if he only finds things like keys. Or if he does things like hope and <laughs> everything, you know, a sense of worth. Oh, <laughs> Whether he works, I think he like, does it all. He's, does he he's, just yeah, do it all? He's like existential. Yeah, he's magic, isn't he? Patron saint of existential. I just losses. think if you if you really break it down, it's just a bit weird, isn't it, that we go and like eat the flesh and drink the blood of. But again, only, <laughs> only, only Catholics and you know, any Catholics think it actually you is. Lot, you lot again just sort of do it as a as a symbolic. symbolic we just want to play the guitar and clap. You do, yeah. We we <laughs> and help the community. You, yeah. <laughs> we, I'm definitely arrange flowers. I'm definitely culturally Anglican. Culturally, I love I'm not practicing. Oh yeah, really culturally, not. I'm you're very not. Anglican. Because you don't like tea. <laughs> don't like you don't tea. Don't like tea. You're neither Anglican nor Northern culturally. No, you true. Do not yeah. like tea. I don't I mean, like what tea. kind of freak doesn't like tea? <laughs> I don't about, like it. The thing, so about, uh, the thing about it reminded me. We've discussed it in this podcast earlier, talking about relics about uh, Abraham Saucepan. Yes, all the random like Noah's ironing board, yeah. Yeah, the provenance. Well, Mary Queen of um, Scots billiard table sounds so mad enough. So I just think the week is just holy relics, just holy relics because they're brilliant. Just Only invisible and worn as a ring. Visible and worn as a ring by Catherine of Siena. She could be wearing it right now. I, could, I am actually wearing it right on the wrong hand, just to throw you off the scent. It's on my right hand. I'm wearing it on you my right hand. hand. You've got just rings on that hand. Rings. They're visible rings on my other hand. Look, yeah, and not made of foreskin. Not made of. But I have an invisible bit of oh I want one too oh you can't have more than one 
Okay. Mm. Well, no, because because how big is a foreskin? You could probably get two. <laughs> well, an infant foreskin. Oh, it's only quite a little. I mean, it's going to be tiny, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> so it's actually, you'd have to wear it on your little finger, then. I would have thought, wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got. <laughs> how long is the bloopers reel going to be next time? But quite. I think we've done. Long. No, it's usually marks out of ten. Oh shit! Marks out of ten. <laughs> um, eight. <laughs> I mean, it was very good. I enjoyed oh. it way more than the last one that I watched. That I can't now remember. Was it the violin? Yeah, the violin. Which, which I did enjoy. I quite enjoyed it. But this one was better. And I don't think that's just because Eric was very prominent in it. I, I really <laughs> did. I really, really did like it. So I'm going to give it an eight. I loved it. I I did enjoy it, but I just thought, like, bits of, like, the random Dennis Taylor interlude and, like, the whole thing of, like, I didn't really understand why Gimbert wanted Lovejoy to pretend to look... For for it, or mm. look for the table. So I got a bit. There were points where I was like, I just don't get this. Um, but it was, but it was very enjoyable. So I think I would give it seven. Mm. There you go. And it was nice seeing Gimbert back, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, I, I did a, a sort of little schoolgirly clap. I was. So will he be back now? The whole series? Can't possibly say. He makes more appearances. Okay. He's not. He doesn't disappear. He disappears quite late on, actually. Mm. So I think that's the end. So that's that's a wrap for that this podcast. Definitely. Um, is. come and visit us online at Lovejoy Apod. Um, or buy us a coffee. By the way, we've been saying it wrong the entire time. It's K O dash F I. Co Fi. Co Fi. Like I think like Hi Fi or As low fi. to Anan. We've been yeah. saying like a nan. We've been saying it just like coffee. Co- no, I think it's meant to be coffee because it's meant to be like coffee. Buy a coffee. Yeah. Also, we've not had a review for ages. Oh, we need some uh, more reviews. Maybe we need some new listeners. We need to write us a review. Or Hindu man could write us a third one because he's written us two. <laughs> no, we, we haven't mentioned him for ages. We would write us another one. I will say this episode has been significantly Hindu esque. It has. So I apologize. apologize. I'm really apologies. sorry. Probably because we haven't had a drink for a while. That's oh, why. Um, or. Um, come and find us on Patreon. We've sung quite a lot this episode. I'm going to keep it in. If we get a C&D letter from someone's lawyers, fine. Then we're going to really it down. need Unlikely. your money so that we but, can um, buy... The next thing we're working towards on Patreon is to get our um, PRS licence. So then these Helen guys can I, sing more. You can unleash. And we can play little clips of like yeah. Liam McShane singing. Yeah. Um, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, thank you. And listening to Mary Queen of Scots table whatever yeah. that was about all right see you next time bye 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 bye, bye, bye. bye.